So that that's the entire focus of, of what we're developing right now is finding ways to make that connection, to make that emotional connection so that it's not just raw data coming out of a device. It's meaningful, evidence-based action. It's action-oriented and giving people that control. So rather than having to go through a series of playing a game of telephone with other people where you maybe get a blood marker test, two weeks later you get the results, it's sort of a number and there's no real, it's not connected to an action. With Levels, it's real time. So, so you sit down, you make a decision for what you're going to eat for lunch, and then you're immediately connected with the response to it. That's Josh Clementi, and this is episode 341 of Wellness Force Radio. Wellness Force Radio, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. You can have the same brain states as someone who's done an hour of meditation every day for 40 years. There's a lot of losses that we go through, so the ability to be able to cope with those losses is very important to build skill in it, because loss will happen. You know, you have to have spiritual courage to really grow spiritually, because if you really want to take guidance from your soul, you have to be ready to realize that many of the things that you're asking for guidance on, your ego has some kind of an addiction to or an investment in. Hey, what's good today? It's Josh Trent. You're here on Wellness Force. You know, this time in human history will never be forgotten. There's a big piece of my heart and soul that has spent a lot of time meditating, ruminating, uh, pontificating, and just generally feeling all the different things. I've been feeling all the things that are coming up for so many people right now. Just in America, 20 million unemployed people. The number is astounding to me. Suicide rates going up, all the extra effects of financial bankruptcy, that governmental policy, locking people down at home, forced quarantines, forced mask wearing. These are all things that happen when people don't take care of themselves and when fear is guiding our health practices. Well, today in the podcast, we're looking at solutions. We're talking about health from a lens of proactivity. We're understanding how continuous glucose monitoring can literally change people's lives. I think this device will turn the wellness industry on its head. We're learning about continuous glucose monitoring or CGM from the founder of Levels Health, Josh Clementi. So I had heard of continuous glucose monitoring before, but this episode completely rocked my world. If you're a scientist or you're analytical, you're going to love this. But also, this is for the spiritual, practical people. If you yourself have been struggling with how to eat for your metabolic type, or you just can't get a handle on your afternoon energy crashes, or maybe you're confused about what levels of carbohydrate or protein or fat you should actually be eating to maintain solid levels of energy throughout the day, look no further than this episode. I mean, this is going to take out a lot of the guesswork for you. If you have somebody in your life that is diabetic, pre-diabetic, that's fine. They're going to learn a lot from this episode. But this show is really for you if you're a savvy or a passionate wellness enthusiast who just wants to know, like, what foods actually work for me on a biochemical level? What foods work for my body? This is what continuous glucose monitoring handles. This is going to help you understand just that. We're going to talk about metabolic dysfunction and how it correlates with COVID-19, what actually happens to the body when we eat food and how the body uses food for fuel. 
We're going to talk about this correlation between the aggressive cases of COVID-19 and metabolic dysfunction. And we also talk about behavior change through levels and the CGM device. We explore how to actually build your personalized diet, how to really do it on the ground floor, where it makes sense to you on a, this is key, biological level. We also talked about knowing yourself to heal yourself, as we always do, the blending of emotional and physical intelligence. I love Josh Clemente. I love this company's mission. I know you're going to love it too. You're going to get a lot out of this podcast. If you're somebody who's been struggling, you know, really just being frustrated about your food, this is going to help you. And please share this podcast with somebody who's having a similar struggle. They don't need to struggle. I mean, the science is here. Let's just use it. Josh and Levels have this thing wired. They have it figured out. Make sure you head over to levelshealth.com. Sign up for the early release. Give us a shout on social. You are loved. You are supported. I know a lot of people are stressed right now. Remember, if you can breathe, you can choose. Go to wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. It's your free gift. It's your free guide. It's seven day breath work right for you delivered to your inbox, as well as six science back practices that'll help you calm your mind, boost your immunity, and deal with the absolute craziness out there. Now, let's get real about what foods work for us with the powerful creator, Josh Clementi. Let's dig into the podcast. Hey, what's up, my friends? It's Josh Tran from Wellness Force. Today, I'm here with another Josh Clementi, and he is the CEO and founder of a company called Levels. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Josh. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to talk. Well, before we record, I said that both of our parents are smart because they named us Josh. And that is the truth, right? I just <laughs> I love my name. And I think all of us can relate. Like we all take so much from our parents, including our epigenetics and the way that we, quote, gain weight or lose it sometimes. But there's just so much misinformation out there, Josh, about what metabolic actually is for a unique individual, like what metabolic health actually is. This this field that you play in, you know, this continuous glucose monitor monitoring field. It is, I think, mo- the most one of the most exciting branches of science, but also it's the most new if you really look at how it's applying to the general public. For so long, CGM, continuous glucose monitoring, it really was only available in scientific or medical wards, right? That's absolutely right. Yeah. I uh, totally agree with the intro, by the way. Um, you know, I I really respect my parents for everything they've done to teach me how yes. to look for truth where uh, or, or find facts and be independent uh, when it comes to, you know, big questions. And uh, yeah, I mean, to, to your question on, on metabolic health, I, I came to a point in my life where I, I wasn't able to answer that question myself. I didn't know what whether or not I was metabolically healthy. And this technology, continuous glucose monitoring, which uh, you're absolutely right, is currently, um, you know, just reaching its prime for the management of diabetes. Uh, it's, a, it's a, you know, the technology has at core been around for a long time, but its availability has been uh, really, really low. And we're reaching this surge where the technology is, uh, it's achieving uh, cost levels and accuracy levels and availability levels that make it not just uh, available in a meaningful way for the diabetes community, but well beyond in the general wellness world. And uh, I personally have have transformed my life as a result of it. And I can I can say nothing but uh, the future is bright for this tech. Well, it's cool because um, I don't know if you're familiar with the CES, the Fit Tech Summit. You know, they have a yearly yeah. roundup in Vegas. Uh, for a couple of years in a row, I used to lead panels where I'd be on stage and I'd be talking to people like Heal B, uh, they make Go B, and then other, mm-hmm. other devices that are supposedly claiming to like actually help people with their wellness, with their health. But man, when I look at the science behind continuous glucose monitoring, it's one of the only quote biohacks 
that I think yeah. really moves the needle for people. I use my glasses, you know, <laughs> I have like my little oils and I have all my stuff and, and everything yeah. works. I consider health to be like, you know, uh, the center of a building and all these tools are like the scaffolding. What sure. do you think that CGM actually represents? And tell people, by the way, like what CGM is, the history of yeah. it, just unpack CGM for us. Totally. Um, okay. So glucose first off is, uh, it's the primary energy molecule in the modern human. Um, and that, I don't, I don't mean that as in the modern diet, I mean, as in what's coursing through your veins right now that your cells are using for energy, mm. uh, that is glucose. We also have other macronutrients that can be tra transformed into other molecules like ketones that can be used for energy. But if you take the average person and you analyze their blood and see what their cells are running on, it's, it's primarily glucose. And, uh, and so that makes glucose a very powerful molecule. Uh, our bodies want to maintain this very tight band of control for glucose levels too low and you end up having these hypoglycemic symptoms, which are very dangerous too high. And you end up having these longer term, less acute, but equally devastating effects uh, when, when this dysregulation occurs. And so glucose is by default, one of the most fascinating molecules to be able to measure. And for the longest time, we've only had technology that could measure those, th those glucose molecules when pulling blood from a vein or, you know, like from, from a larger sample. Uh, over time, technology has been developed that can allow a little filament uh, to be inserted into the, into the skin cells, uh, very shallow, and that filament reacts electrochemically with the glucose in, in that what's called interstitial fluid. And it produces a signal which can be easily translated into uh, the equivalent of your blood glucose levels. So the, the development process has been slow. It's been primarily used in clinical environments. It's been primarily used for the management of type 1 diabetes, which is where the pancreas uh, sort of the beta cells stop producing insulin. And so glucose levels start to get uh, on, the high, on the high side. Yeah. And so um, it's been a, like a, a very protracted development process, but we're getting to the point now where this technology is, uh, it's, it's essentially a little disc, a little patch that you can wear in your arm. It doesn't interfere in your life at all. It's waterproof, it's, it's uh, sweat resistant, and it's wirelessly connected to your cell phone. You can pull this data down and like see in real time where this, this master molecule of energy is in your bloodstream. And, uh, and so that's, you know, that's kind of the moment in time where we are right now. The hardware is just reaching this point where it's accurate enough and it's, uh, you know, easy to use enough that it's starting to make sense as a, what we can call a, a bio wearable. Man, uh, so a wearable device with deeper uh, it's value. So, it's so utterly fascinating to me. And honestly, it kind of tugs at my heartstring a little bit because <laughs> I can imagine how many people, if this technology existed, you know, like it is for like the end consumer 20 years ago, I can only yeah. imagine how many lives could have been saved. And I mean, this yeah. brings up a well of emotion in me because I think about like my own mother or even my grandfather who's passed or just people in my life that are no longer here on the planet if they were able to understand their unique thumbprint. It's crazy. Like we all have a thumbprint, you know, and no one's fingerprint in the planet is identical. And it's the same thing with our metabolic individuality. Yet we have these diet programs and these plans that just push, do these five things or eat yep. this way. Or, or of course, my favorite reductionistic meme where people just say, oh, just eat real food. Like, <laughs> like that's cool. But what the hell right. does that actually mean? You know, so exactly. my question for you is when we look at individuality, metabolic individuality, how mm -hmm. does CGM help people navigate that world of metabolic individuality? It's a great question. You know, we actually owe our 
acute awareness of this metabolic individuality to CGM technology. Uh, very recently, as of like 2015, there was this landmark study that was conducted by the Weizmann Institute in Israel. And this was like one of the first large-scale studies where non-diabetics had CGMs and were tracking their glucose levels through a long period of time. In this case, it was two, two weeks. Um, and this cohort of about 800 people, uh, all of whom were metabolically healthy, had uh, these structured meals that the that the clinicians gave them. So uh, they they had them eat defined meals at, at specific times, and then they ultimately went back and looked at the responses. And what they found was there is the possibility for two people to eat the exact two same foods. So let's in this case, it was a banana and a whole wheat cookie. And they eat these two foods, and they have equal and opposite blood sugar responses to those two foods. And it's... Uh, it's so counterintuitive that it led to additional research uh, from King's College in London and the PREDICT trials, which showed that uh, identical twins sharing 100% of their DNA have the same amount of uh, personalization in their metabolic responses. Uh, it led to the Glucotypes trial at Stanford, uh, which has shown that you can sort of predict people's glucose responses based on how they respond to a small subset of like calibration foods. Mm. Um, there have been other sort of uh, replicated the, the findings in those three. And so this is all just in the past five years. You know, we've gone from the assumption that you're either metabolically well or you're, meta or you're metabolically dysfunctional, you know, so, sort of like in this diagnosable category. But what we're finding is there is such a broad, like met metabolism is a spectrum and it's a broad spectrum. And where you land on that spectrum dictates or should dictate how you live your life, you know, what lifestyle yeah. decisions you make. And right now, without that data, you, you don't know whether you're the banana person or the cookie person. You know what I mean? It's such a great point. Like some people, I have a friend, he, um, his name's Sean. What's up, Sean? If you're watching, you're listening. Um, <laughs> he eats like a sleeve of Oreos and he grows an extra ab muscle. You know, like <laughs> some people out there, man, they just, they can eat whatever the hell they want and they actually yeah. lose weight. It's, it's utterly fascinating to me how we still are, and, it, and you're breaking it. I feel like you and Levels and what you stand for, you're really breaking the mold of the traditional fitness industry, you know, calories in, calories out. A calorie is not just a calorie. Like I think people forget, and maybe you can give us just a high level um, metabolic activity of like what happens when we eat food and just that pathway of breaking um proteins, carbs, and fat down in the body, what happens there for us. But I will say this before you answer, um, one man's food could be another man's poison legitimately, mm. um, unless it's passed through a filter of awareness. Can you give people a high level of what goes on when we actually consume food? You know, what happens with the Krebs cycle and the metabolism? Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep it. I'll keep it super high level. Um, it's, it's really, uh, you can kind of think of food as fuel, and there are a few different fuel categories, and we can call those macronutrients. And so you have fat, protein, and carbohydrates. Those are the highest level uh, macronutrients. We have this kind of fourth category now called uh, ketones, so exogenous ketones. You can yes. actually buy these now, and we'll call that the fourth macronutrient. But high level fat, protein, carbohydrates. Um, and so the way the body uses those for energy is, is different. Um, carbohydrates will break down into sugars, which um, ultimately the sugar that you can use directly in your cells is glucose. Fructose can be, has to be processed in the liver uh, in order to be usable by the cells. And fat can be kind of used in both ways. So fat can be repackaged and stored, or it can be oxidized in the cells. And so um, protein it, there's this really fascinating uh, mechanism where protein can be used as the building blocks. The amino acids can be used to to build new new cells, 
or it can be reprocessed uh, in, a, in a function called gluconeogenesis into additional glucose, which can also be burned by the cells for energy. So that's kind of how, like at the very highest level, uh, how we we can produce energy from what we eat. Now, when you consume, let's say you consume some carbohydrates, that goes into your digestive system. Your digestive system starts to break it down, depending on the structure of that carb. Yeah. So whether it's like high in fat or low in fat, or uh, I'm sorry, high in fiber or low in fiber, um, it will it will sort of dictate how quickly that glucose comes out of the carbohydrate or the carbohydrate strings break down into the glucose and get pulled into the bloodstream. Now, once that glucose is in the bloodstream, it can't get uh, it can't get into the cells to be used as energy without the release of a hormone called insulin. And insulin is like, you can think of it as the key that unlocks the cell and allows the glucose to enter. So um, insulin is needed for, for the metabolism of glucose, it is not needed for the metabolism of fat. So it's, it's specific to this, uh, this use case for, for glucose for energy. And, you know, a lot of the dysfunction that we see in, in the modern society uh, seems to be a function of this hyperinsulinemic breakdown. So where uh, basically, you have sustained high levels of glucose. So the blood is, you know, you're constantly consuming high carbohydrate, this high glucose. This is where people are told, foods. eat every two hours, no matter what. Right. Which, yeah. Which you you sort of get into BS. this cycle, mm-hmm. just this, this cycle of uh, repeatedly, you know, filling the, the fuel tank to its to the brim, right? Just filling the fuel tank to the brim and never depleting it. Like you're not, let's say you're at a sedentary office job, you're eating every two hours, like you're saying, lots of high carbs. Those are breaking down quickly into the bloodstream. The bloodstream is, you know, kind of at the high threshold of where the body wants it to be. And then insulin is released because you, the, the body wants to get that glucose out of the bloodstream as quickly as possible. So as this cycle continuously happens, uh, there's a process called insulin resistance that sets in, which basically numbs the cells to the influence of insulin. And now your body is at a decreased ability to use the glucose uh, in the bloodstream to get it out of the bloodstream. And so you have this like continually higher threshold of glucose rising and rising, and that leads to some really detrimental effects. And so, um, you know, that's a, that's a very brief insight, but it's, it, this is like how we currently are, are seeing rates of, of, uh, metabolic dysfunction that are on the order of 70% in the United wow. States. I mean, think about that number, you know, the, I think CDC says we're at 330 million people. And I know yeah. this because I've been doing a ton of research into COVID, which if you're watching this right now, like tell us how you're feeling. What's been your research? If you're listening, shoot me a message right now on Instagram. Let us know, like, what is the impact that this virus is having and has had on you? And what mm-hmm. tools do you think you actually need to move forward and to be healthier? Because when we look at immunity, Josh, 330 million people, if 70% of those have metabolic dysregulation and metabolic health issues, can we just start there? Like, can we just address one spoke of the wheel instead of trying to push a bunch of vitamin C down people's throats? Can we actually heal them from the root up, you know, from a bottom up approach? Can you expand on that a little bit? Exactly. Yeah. You know, COVID is a really interesting example right now because uh, although the mechanisms aren't entirely understood, there is a very strong correlation between uh, aggressive cases of COVID and metabolic dysfunction. So um, existing diagnosed diabetes seems to be one of the number one correlations to uh, a a very um, severe complications of coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. so um, that, 
you know, the, it could be that there is some interaction between the the iron and heme molecules in your bloodstream. So there's like some separation that the, the virus, basically the virus reduces the, the red blood cells ability to carry oxygen. And uh, in the case of diabetes and other glucose dysregulation, you already have um, issues with, with uh, your hemoglobin, you know, binding to the glucose molecules, and this is called glycation. So you're, you're already damaging, you know, the blood cells. And so then you, you add a virus into the mix and things just kind of go haywire. So it, whatever the mechanism is, the, the fact that you have a correlation here between metabolic dysfunction and worse outcomes means that, you know, we as a society should be taking, you know, for the, for the nth reason, you know, we should be taking met metabolism and metabolic function so seriously right now, because, uh, you know, what's, what's striking about the numbers is that, you know, I, I mentioned something like 70% of people are metabolically unhealthy. What I mean by that is either, uh, overweight or, uh, have prediabetes or diabetes. Yeah. And so the numbers there are 120 million people have prediabetes or diabetes and, um, seventy percent of those cases are estimated to be entirely chronic lifestyle related. So, in other words, entirely preventable. So, when you're when you're looking at a situation where we have this pandemic outbreak, uh, metabolism is involved or metabolic dysregulation is involved, and something like potentially seventy percent of the metabolic dysfunction in the country is completely preventable. Yeah. It just shows that we are all individually on the hook to improve. You know, we can't, we can't kick the can down the road. We can't, we have to take the front seat role in prevention. Man, the powerful thing that's happening for all of us right now is that mother earth and whether you're spiritual or analytical, this applies to you. So don't worry, I'm not going super far into woo land. Although I do believe everything we do is spiritual, which mm -hmm. I'm down to ask you later on your spiritual connection, all this, but I, sure. I can see where so many people might look at wearing a CGM continuous glucose monitor on their body. And they might think, wait a minute, won't that disconnect me from my own awareness? Or in other words, won't that take away my own sense of awareness? You know, my, my, mm. my loop of awareness that I have within myself. But if you look at the data and if you really unpack what's in PubMed around behavior change, the more data that people have on their own body, like their fasting glucose, their continuous glucose monitoring in your, in your case, or even just like um, doing a DEXA scan to see where their yeah. biometrics are, you know, the more data we have, it's not that we're depending on the data. It's that this data is so helpful because it's a mirror of mindfulness. Can you talk about mm -hmm. the mindfulness component in CGM for this? Yeah. So you talk about uh, breaking the loop. So I actually would say that this completes the loop. So right now, if you look at um, a complex system, there are two kind of types. One is called an open loop and one is a closed loop. And an open loop, and you, this is for like systems engineering and things like this, an open loop is where you don't have any feedback on where the system is and how it's proceeding. So you're you're basically sending out commands and you don't get any feedback on how that command worked and, and how we proceeded as a function of it. A closed loop is where you have constant data. So each decision you make is influenced by the prior information that you got from the last decision you made. What we do in, in modern society when it comes to our lifestyle is we are uh, living an open loop lifestyle. We, we have intuition and we have uh, emotion and we have sort of this mindful component where we like try and feel our way through. But that's all we have. Yeah. We are never we are in an open loop. And so when you have data that shows how a decision you make affects your metabolism in real time, you are now closing the loop for the first time. And the way that you use that data is entirely up to you. 
And I think that's key. Uh, the mindfulness component is we, we don't fixate on this. We don't use this to a detrimental degree where, you know, we're hyper-focused on or hypochondriacs, you know, because of the information. We use this in an informed educational manner where it's, it's uh, you know, it's, we are personalizing our decisions going forward because we've closed the loop. I love that. Um, behavior change models, if you look at the work of Charles Duhigg or Dan Party or anybody at all that's involved with getting a consumer or, or a human being from point A to point B, most of the behavior change out there is around cigarettes or weight loss. Like those are the mm. top two, you know, how do I yeah. stop smoking um, or how do I lose weight? Obviously there's other addictive things below that, but I go back to the work of Rob Wolf and we had Rob on the podcast episode one zero three. So we'll link this in the show notes. He used the Dexcom, but I bet you mm. if he found out about this, he would much rather use your product because your product is meant for non-diabetic people, right? Now, diabetics can use it, I'm sure, but can you go mm -hmm. over the use case of this? And, and then I want to talk a little bit more about um, the window of testing. Yeah. So um, Dexcom, you know, there, there are several devices on the market or coming to the market, and all of them are typically uh, regulated for the management of diabetes. So what what we've done is we're building the analytics engine, the, the metabolic molecular, uh, models that bring in glucose information, continuous glucose information, and turn it into actionable insights for the individual. So um, rather than you having to study some you know, background history of what a glucose curve is and what matters about it, we, we break it down into the, the specific actions that you can take to bring control uh, and, and where are you going right? Where are you going wrong? Um, and so we sort of bring out the highlight reel and help you to, to take action. And, and this is focused, again, around general wellness. Um, so what, what does optimal glucose look like? Uh, what does normal glucose look like? And what ways can we, can we use this information in order to enhance performance on a daily basis? And that might be exercise performance. That might be uh, mental conditioning, just trying to, to get control of stress levels. Uh, that may be weight loss. That may be, uh, that may be bodybuilding. You know, there's a, we all have different performance goals. So, um, you know, what, what Rob did in, in Wired to Eat, which I, I love that book, he, he, uh, they, he recommends doing a blood sugar uh, sort of testing regimen with a glucometer where you prick your finger and, and sort of take a few data points after eating certain uh, foods. Yeah. And uh, we love that approach. I mean, part of what we do with the Levels program is once people get the CGM on, you spend about a, a week just, uh, you know, living your life normally, bringing in information about what your baseline is. And then we recommend over the next two weeks experimenting. So pushing the corner cases, like um, find out where uh, by, by sort of exploring the, the set of options that you could that you have in any given day, explore and see how you respond to things that may be intuitive, may be counterintuitive. And that includes like calibrating with different foods the way Rob Wolf recommends, um, you know, and, and even experimenting with things like sleep, you know, how, how do you respond? How does your blood sugar react when you get four hours of sleep versus eight hours? It's, it, it's quite profound actually, in my experience. You have a and big so, case study with this yourself. Like, can you share with people, like you actually use the device. You, how old are you now? You're 29, 30 now or 30, 30. So you're 30 now at 28, you had a breakthrough of your own by using continuous glucose monitoring. So for the people just tuning in or, or maybe this concept is new for you, continuous glucose monitoring is literally the 24 seven, your blood, the sugar in your blood is being monitored to give you feedback on your ultimate health. So a lot of people right. could be walking around unhealthy. They don't even know it, but this tool allows them to kind of look within the bottom of the well. That's what you found for yourself, right? Yeah. So, um, the way this all kind of came about, I uh, I was working at SpaceX on life support systems and I had this kind of 
at that point in my life, I was all about just physical fitness. You know, I, I'm a CrossFit trainer and I, I figured, you know, if you can lift heavy weights, run fast, you're healthy. I, I certainly discounted the role of diet in health. Yeah. And I came across this study at work that showed this really amazing research that a ketogenic diet has these neuroprotective effects on the brain in extreme environments. Um, now, the study was in mice, but the effect was was very clear that there that basically the mice went from you know tw- ten to twenty minutes of it before expiring uh, to like you know ten times that five to ten times that, and so that was uh, shocking to me. It was like a superpower, and so I I thought, huh. You know, this is wild that a diet can can provide such such a, uh, a benefit. I wonder, you know, what my diet's doing to me. Is it is it working in my favor or against? I have never had a dietary philosophy. But you felt really healthy at this time, right? Well, I certainly was in good shape. You know, yeah. I, I physically and aesthetically, I was in good shape, and so I had always been okay with that. You know, feeling that I I must be healthy. But when I took stock, I was having daily fatigue that was like insane. You know, I was constantly reaching for another coffee by two o'clock in the afternoon. I wanted to curl up under my desk and disappear. And it it was this, that was actually the, the realization where I I zoomed out and I thought, you know, I actually don't feel that great. I I get workouts in, but I'm not, I, I am not ringing the bell in terms of like, uh, you know, my, my energy levels and feeling good during the day. And so I decided to experiment with, uh, both dietary, uh, different dietary protocols, but also with getting as much data as possible so that I could quantify the results. Um, and so I, I, I read a bunch on, you know, different molecules that can be measured. Uh, none of it was very promising until I came across CGM. And um, I, I actually spent several months trying to get my hands on one of the devices. And at the time, you know, again, they were, they were only really available for diabetes. Yeah. They're and hard so, to get, man. I remember when I did the interview <laughs> with Rob, I was, I had to like go and hit up my friend group here in San Diego. Cause Dexcom's here and I finally yeah. got one, but it took me months and I'm like, okay, if it's that hard to get, it must be really good actually. If it's that hard to yeah. get. Well, it, it took me some time. And when I did finally get it, it was the first week uh, I found that I was spending a, a large percentage of every single day in the pre-diabetic blood sugar range. And this was like such a shocking realization for me because my expectation was this data is going to be super boring. I'm going to be, you know, average, normal, low, normal, and uh, this is going to lead nowhere. In fact, I was having these large sustained elevations at almost all of my meals that would stay out, stay that the case for one or two hours. And then I would crash like so aggressively down into, into basically a hypoglycemic state where my blood sugar was, was out of range on the low end yeah. that typically corresponded with my feelings of like two o'clock, you know, needing a coffee or a nap. And, uh, this, this like roller coaster was happening all through the night, all night long. My, my glucose levels were oscillating, uh, major spikes and crashes. And, um, <clears throat> all of it was, was outside of, of the, outside of the normal. Mm. And it was happening without my realization and it was happening without any doctor's realization. So I had had blood work several times. My fasting glucose checks were okay. My A1C was fine. And so the, the, the fact is those, those fasting glucose measurements and those A1C measurements are single point measurements in time. So you go in, you get your blood drawn once a year or something like that. They check your blood, your blood sugar. And they say, based on that, they extrapolate to your entire metabolic fitness. And so seeing the the dynamic data throughout the day is where I realized, oh, wow, it's, it's actually not eight o'clock in the morning where my Mm -hmm. glucose is bad. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. And, uh, and so over the next, you know, 
year, I, I basically dove uh, headfirst into the research to try and find, you know, how can this data be used more effectively? What are the numbers for society at large? And simultaneously, I was able to bring my own glucose levels into complete control. You know, I certainly uh, still struggle to to hit fully optimal. It's a daily uh, effort, just like going to the gym. But I, I now have the information. I have what it, you know, sort of the means to make a difference. The crazy part on this for me is like, I, I just popped up a, a question here for everyone. As you go about your day and just checking with yourself right now, wherever you are, do you feel like you are fit or do you feel like you are in famine? Do you feel malnourished? Do you feel like even though you eat foods, you never feel right or you can never quote mm -hmm. get the right recipe for you? How many people come to levels that are dealing with chronic health issues versus people that are just feeling like something's off? You know, who, who's this really for? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's everyone. We want everyone to have access to their own biological information. We feel like that is a is a key requirement for us at, at large, for society at large, to to make improvements on in metabolic health. So so we really want you know anyone who is interested in getting more information and making data driven decisions. We want to to be able to work with them. Um, but I would say that the majority of people are exactly the the second case that you were mentioning. It's the person who uh, has just sort of they they sort of have this. Um, abstract sense that I what I felt healthier previously, and somewhere along the way it went wrong, and I just I just don't feel great anymore, and I don't feel great about myself. I've put on a few pounds. I don't feel great about my my food. I'm I'm kind of following advice from the internet or a friend, um, or and I, I just don't feel like it's tailored to me, and that's that's like the biggest thing. It's this very nebulous idea that. Uh, something is just not right. And I think that that's, that's the mindfulness component. We are in, in tune, you know, we are, our, the body and mind is very closely connected. And so we can tell when something is off, you know, we have that intuition. It's just very hard to put a number on it. And once you do have that number, once you have that data readout, it becomes like, wow, this is tangible. I, I see this when I, when I make this decision, I get this response. Uh, I know based on this information, what's positive and what's negative. And uh, now I have something to work with. I, I love not guessing because in my life, I think whether it's business or health or relationships, like anytime you guys, we guess it tends to get us in trouble. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think that's how it's going to go with her or him. Uh, no, actually make an educated <laughs> guess. You know, an educated guess is so much more intelligent. And, and this is right. what we're all about for Wellness Force. This is my life's mission, Josh, is just to learn about what really helps us to live mm -hmm. life well. And in order to live life well, I believe, and I'm curious what, you've, what you feel, it takes physical, emotional, and spiritual intelligence. And intelligence is not how smart you are. It is our ability to gather, to test, and iterate, and apply, and then lastly, to embody. Um, how do you mm -hmm. see intelligence? What's your spiritual connection to this? So uh, it's a great question. You know, I'm I'm kind of on my own journey in that in that sense now. I've I've realized that you know it's easy when you're younger to to kind of just assume that you know it all and and life's going well. So so you you must have it all figured out. And it takes a series of setbacks, I think, to really um, be able to reflect in a meaningful way. Uh, it, it's not just setbacks. Setbacks are, 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 to me, the most important thing in life because they're lessons learned. You know, so so setbacks are very important to me. Um, but I think it also, like over time and uh, through experience, we start to develop wisdom. We start to develop context for different things. And I think a lot of that is uh, that is the spiritual component. You know, you, I believe that we are. Uh, sort of on a mission for self-improvement. Like, I, I think that that's the human condition is like, we are all trying to help each other and ourselves. And um, so I, I would say that I feel most spiritually connected to in, in terms of this product uh, 
and this project, just uh, helping people to reconnect with themselves. You know, I, I've been able to experience it. I've been able to see other people experience it through this, and it really drives me forward and it keeps me going. I, I, I love that component of it. And just being able to close the loop for people, I think is it's, uh, it's very rewarding for me and I care deeply about it. So you're doing all the things. You're eating well. You're minimizing eating anything but organic. You're breathing, you're moving, you're sleeping, you're doing all the good things. But here's the question. Are you actually getting the quality nutrition that your body deserves and that it needs? It's what provides us with energy every day. And when we don't give our body the nutrients that it needs, we feel it. I know I do. Lacking motivation, the monkey mind comes up, I get stuck in ruts, drag ourselves to work back and forth. You get it. You don't need to hire a nutritionist though. You don't need to live at the gym either. Actually, all you need is about two minutes a day. And um, our sponsor Organifi can help you with the rest. Morning, noon, and night. These Organifi superfoods have your micronutrients covered. The green juice has 11 detoxing superfoods, moringa, chlorella, ashwagandha, wheatgrass, coconut water, a ton more to bring your energies up and your cortisol down. Then in the afternoon is the red. The red juice is my favorite. It's what I do before a workout. It's got the adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms so you can get that extra boost of nitric oxide. And then at night, I go with the gold. The gold makes me sleep really good. It's got lemon balm, which is calming and soothing. Go to Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. You can get this sunrise to sunset pack. They have the green, the red, the gold for a huge discount. You get 20% off. Wellness Force is the code. Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Try the green, the red, the gold in one day. I promise you, you'll feel better because that's how it makes me feel. Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Make sure you use the code wellness force to get 20% off and share it as a gift to a friend. I'm, I'm utterly fascinated with how people can say that diet and nutrition and, and really what Paul Chet calls doctor diet is not a spiritual practice. Like having a relationship with food, whether you're Melissa Hartwig of Whole30 or you're Mark Sisson or you're Rob Wolf or you're anyone, um, we all tend to think neck up when it comes to food. But what I think is really cool by, by wearing the CGM on our body, it can actually get us in touch with the neck down. You know, the neck down is where in our hearts, in our intuition, in our intuitive faculty, this is where long-term behavior change, if you look at the research, actually is present. (coughs) Excuse me, I got a cough there. This this is what actually happens is somebody decides that they're worth it. Somebody makes the decision that they're worth it. Do you Mm -hmm. go over this in your programming, in your training? Because I know that when people come to you, yeah, they're going to get the device, they're going to get the data. But what is the emotional intelligence component that Levels puts into practice with CGM? Yeah. So that that's the entire focus of of what we're developing right now is finding ways to and again we are we are early stage we're still developing so what our focus is on finding ways to make that connection to make that emotional connection so that it's not just raw data coming out of a device it's meaningful uh, evidence based action it's 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 action oriented and giving people that control so rather than having to go through a series of you know playing a game of telephone with other people where you know you maybe get a get a blood marker test uh, two weeks later, you get the results. Someone else delivers them to you. It's sort of a number, and there's no real. It's not connected to an action. Uh, with with levels, it's real time. So so you sit down, you make a decision for what you're going to eat for lunch, uh, and then you're you're immediately connected with the response to it. And now that that can be confusing sometimes. So you can see a counterintuitive response, um, you, or maybe it's intuitive. You know, like I kind of assumed that this was gonna this was gonna treat me this way. It's yeah. okay. It's good to know. But um, ultimately, we need to string these these 
little micro experiences together into micro optimizations. And that's what we want to do with the levels program is, uh, yeah, not just give people a device in a vacuum, give them evidence-based insight that is oriented. It's entirely based on their own biological data. So you, you're pulling this data stream for yourself and levels is only there to make it uh, intuitive to understand. So the data is um, a mirror. Basically, it's a mirror of how somebody's showing up on the inside. That's right. It's, it, it, this data is always it's always happening. This is a measurement of what's going on in you anyway. And all you're doing is is yeah, exactly holding the mirror up so you can see it. And uh, you know, this is nothing. It's not nothing. It's, it's nothing new. It's not like we're changing or intervening. Uh, all you're doing is uh, living your daily life the way you otherwise would seeing what's going right and what's going wrong and then tuning those you know making little fine-tuned adjustments we're not you know we, we aren't selling some magic pill or trying to like you know s- supplement your way out of yeah. this this is about like adjusting the uh the set of decisions that you're making pulling on the big levers tuning the little knobs so that you can start to string together control long term and hopefully that happens without any meaningful intervention and just small tweaks and you know i'm i'm laughing because i'm visualizing something somebody can eat an entire bag of chips they're going to respond so different than someone else can you talk yeah. about the types of foods that really spike glucose and, and also the differences where it, it doesn't always matter what type of food it is. What really matters is the person. Yeah. It, you know, like I, I think there are some, <laughs> some high level things that we can all agree. Um, you know, we should all be eating uh, at, at whole foods. I, I totally agree with that, but you know, like it does at a, at a certain point, it gets, it gets down to the, where the rubber hits the road and that's the individual. It's, it's the epigenetics. It's the, it's the phenotype. Like what, what type of, you know, you are going to be a, uh, a specific case and you will respond to a specific type of uh, macronutrient differently than someone else. And we have the evidence of that. Some of the most fascinating ones, you know, if you, I, I, I love this one, this is a personal anecdote, you know, I, I'm, I'm again, just an N of one, but if you Google like healthiest breakfast, uh, typically the top three will include oatmeal. Um, and so oatmeal is kind of universally agreed upon as heart healthy and, and good for you. Yeah. Now, when I eat oatmeal, my blood sugar goes into a diabetic blood sugar state. So I exceed 180 milligrams per deciliter and that's plain oatmeal. Um, now it's not entirely clear why I respond so aggressively to it. Uh, it's, you know, there it's fiber. It's a fairly whole, whole grain. I mean, it's somewhat processed, but, uh, this has been replicated by several people and, um, What's fascinating is that's that's counterintuitive, but I have since then tried various recipes with oatmeal. So one of the most fascinating ones is like adding some chia seeds and some almond butter. So adding a little bit of fiber, a little bit of fat, and then eating that same serving of oatmeal again yes. in, in a context that some people might assume is actually less healthy. And my blood sugar stays, uh, you know, I have a little bit of an increase, but it's about like 60% improvement. And uh, everyone on the team has has tried this oatmeal experiment. We, we call it the oatmeal challenge. And, uh, you know, there's tons of variability amongst us. But what's amazing is like, you know, this this glucose response that I would otherwise have, if I was trying to eat according to, you know, the Google version of healthy, I would be putting myself into this elevated blood sugar state repeatedly every single day. Uh, and I might be passing up on other meal opportunities that I might think are, are less healthy than oatmeal. And so I'm choosing this thing that I uh, ostensibly is healthier for me but objectively is, is less healthy than, than alternative options that keep my blood sugar more controlled. And so, um, yeah, you know, that's one, that's one example. There are other interesting examples, like for me, again, 
pressed juice, pressed vegetable juice in particular, you know, when you strip out the fibers and you just have the, you know, the, the fluid and the, the sugars that are pressed out of it, um, my, my blood sugar has exceeded 200 milligrams per deciliter wow. after having a pressed juice. Wow. And, uh, you know, this is without added sugar. This is like carrot, celery, apple. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once again, these are decisions that I think, you know, every person has to have the information about themselves. I am not advocating to skip pressed juice or saying don't don't ever eat oatmeal again. This is a personal anecdote. And, and I know that I am a hyper responder, like my glucose levels respond way more aggressively than most people. So, uh, you know, again, treat this as an anecdote. But for people like me, it is important to know that this information, to know that this is going on when you're making choices that you uh, you assume are objectively healthy, but could actually be working against your goals. Mm. So, um, yeah, those are... Those are a few specific and real examples. It's so powerful. And and it's funny for you, you know, CrossFit uh, trainer, somebody that's, that appears to be very healthy, but yet on the inside, you were saying I would crash at 2 PM. Like how many people can relate to this, man? I mean, I can't tell you how many messages I get. Like the number one complaint for people is low energy. And here's Mm -hmm. the big takeaway. If you have low energy in the afternoon, odds are that you probably have some kind of metabolic issue going on. Now it could be self-induced which is what most of them are, or people Mm -hmm. are also born. You know, some people are born where their pancreas doesn't secrete insulin properly, type one diabetes. But for Mm -hmm. most of us, for most of us, this is an epigenetic signal that we're exacerbating by our lifestyles, right? So if you look at the types of foods that are out there, or if you look at the ways that people don't move and we're sedentary, this is like a big wake up call. Dude, the fact that your technology even exists is Mm -hmm. part of the awakening that we're having as a society. How do you see this helping people to, in the long term, not just in the first three months or or six months or 12 months, but, you know, let's say that somebody's using this for a year straight. What do you think this will do lifelong for them sustainably for their health practice? Well, um, yeah, so so for me, and I've been lucky enough to be using CGM now for going on two years, I would say that I still, a month doesn't go by where I don't learn something fascinating. And, uh, you know, just prior to this coronavirus thing, I, I was training for a triathlon and it, it was kind of my first like endurance training, uh, event. And I was seeing such crazy data, such interesting, fascinating data about how my blood sugar responds to various efforts like runs versus swims versus, uh, cycling. And, uh, so, so there's that, that amazing, just raw data interest, you know, like the, the seeing how your body is responding is fascinating. But, uh, for me, the number one benefit has been the way that, um, so, so for me, it's, it's really, it's accountability. There's not, is the best way to put it is, uh, having that information available holds me accountable to myself. So uh, it, it isn't important necessarily that I, uh, make some profound breakthrough every week. But when I'm wearing this glucose monitor and I know that I'm going to see the data and I know that blood sugar spikes have a detrimental impact on cardiovascular health and long-term metabolic health, I am not willing to make that decision despite the, the adverse consequences. You know, I, I, I hold myself to a higher standard and this CGM is, you know, it's a bit of the angel on the shoulder, you know, it's, yeah. it's there, it's helping me uh, stick to my goals. And I think that is one of the, one of the best ways that long-term this can benefit people is just having that sort of partner uh, beside them, you know, helping them out 
to, to, to stay on the right path, you know? So then let's take this like really ground level. Somebody only has a, a thousand dollars a month to spend on total healthcare or maybe 500, especially in this time. Mm-hmm. Like what does it look like from a practical standpoint for somebody to use the device? How can they sign up for the device? And then also how do they work with levels so that they know which foods that they should be eating so they can keep their blood sugar more stable rather than just guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, right now what we're developing is a 28 day program where you, you get sort of an initiation. We call it metabolic awareness. And it's that process of closing the loop between uh, the, the actions you're taking and the reactions your body's experiencing. And you do that, you know, using the continuous glucose monitoring, you're in constant contact with the levels team. So we can help you understand, you know, like if you see something intuitive, see something counterintuitive, we can deliver some of the research that's out there, some of the studies that already exist uh, on glucose levels to you so you can get context for it. And we can help uh, reinforce what you're learning. And so throughout that process, you know, you have the first week where um, you experience like just where your baseline is. The, the middle two weeks are oriented around exploring. So trying out different things and kind of filling in the picture of how you respond to various uh, sleep, stress, uh, and dietary factors, exercise factors. And then the final week is about like congealing that into uh, an optimal effort. So trying to bring your fourth week into juxtaposition with your first week and seeing like after those three weeks of, of uh, lessons learned, here's how controlled you can be when you're putting all of these these pieces in place. Now that that whole 28 day experience is uh, again, it's it's intended to connect us with our own metabolisms and develop uh, that metabolic awareness intuition and then point us in the right direction for what we call metabolic fitness, which is uh, the realization that even though you may not be, uh, exactly where you had hoped to be in terms of how your metabolism is functioning. Uh, there's no, you know, there is, this is something that you are in control over. So just like we, we think of physical fitness as something that we have to work for, you have to have focus repetition. You got to hit the gym, you got to hit the street and get your runs in. Uh, similarly, you know, we focus on mindfulness and, and, you know, getting control of our mental health and mental well-being. that's mental fitness, sure. uh, Metabolic fitness to us is the foundation beneath both of those. You know, it is in, in order for, for us to become metabolically healthy, we have to think of it in the same way where we're putting in focus and repetition and effort uh, to achieve our goals. And so, um, yeah, that metabolic fitness program is our, our primary focus. We're still in development on it. We have a, a small beta program going on where we have about 20 uh, slots per month that we, we work very closely with those individuals. And, you know, ultimately, we, we hope to roll this program out uh, in, over the summer or sometime later this year. It's still kind of up in the air as everything is today. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the way that we, we foresee this being used is, uh, you know, for those people who maybe don't want to add another wearable to their, their collection for full-time use, yeah. um, you know, you could, you could experiment with the 28-day program. You could learn a tremendous amount over the course of that four weeks. And then you can, uh, you know, put that into practice over the next few months. And we would recommend uh, basically doing regular check-ins. So you do a 28-day program uh, once a quarter, maybe twice a year, something like that. Whatever works best for you and your lifestyle and your specific circumstances, that's totally fine. Um, what's important is that it's it's still data-driven. It's coming from you. It's your own information guiding your decisions going forward. And, uh, you know, the in, in my opinion, I want to wear this 24-7 because I find the Again, the accountability element is so powerful, Yes, um, but it's not 100% necessary. You can learn so much about yourself in just a short period of time, and then you can implement that in the longer term. Man, it's written on the temple in Apollo, know thyself. 
know thyself. <laughs> if you want to heal thyself, you have to know thyself. So if you right. don't know thyself on the inside, and this goes physically and emotionally, it's going to be almost impossible for you to have some long-term sustainable life change. And I can relate to this myself. There was a point in my life where I was almost 280 pounds and mm-hmm. I had no idea about oatmeal and mixing carbs and protein and fat. And it brings up something for me. We had Krista Recchio on the show and she's the creator of the whole journey. And in her program, she really helps people identify like adrenal issues. But what mm-hmm. I think is really cool is by wearing the CGM, I think it's on the arm, right? Like the, the deltoid. Yeah. So that, yeah. that's what it looks like. It's a little patch and it's waterproof too. Yes. Yeah. So it's waterproof. You can take in the shower. Um, you can sweat with it. And, mm-hmm. and how often do you have to replace the, the tape? So the, the sensors last 14 days. And so you, you um, so twice, the, twice the tape kind of lasts, t- yeah. tape typically lasts, you know, it depends on how active you are, but yeah, seven to 10 days. So you'll swap that once or twice. And what I was alluding to is in her program, she deals with people that have stress. And I can only imagine how much CGM would show stress spikes that are based on nutrient intake. In other mm-hmm. words, emotional eating. This is a clear window from a physical intelligence perspective on how someone's emotional intelligence could be worked on. I could see this being used by health and wellness coaches. How many people actually are on the team at levels and and what are some of the stories that you're already seeing that are exciting, you know, that are making you feel good about what you're doing? Yeah, um, there, there are many already. So uh, right now the, the team is fairly small. We we have five uh, full-time founders and um, we we are all technical. So we come from software engineering and medical backgrounds. And, um, you know, what what we're doing with this small team is, is again, we're laying the ground, the groundwork for uh, the rollout of CGM as a, a meaningful bio wearable that people are using in daily life. You know, society, I don't think has woken up. We're starting to move in this direction, but we haven't really woken up to the amazing negative consequences of our current metabolic function. Um, you know, it, it is not just fi- financially, but emotionally taxing, yeah. physically taxing. Our lifespans are reducing for the first, you know, the, ne- the last three years, our lifespans have been going backwards, uh, which is all, you know, in my opinion, driving from this like sort of chronic poor decision-making that we have. And so, um, yeah, the team is, is focused on primarily producing really rich content that, that can help educate and help inform people about why this matters. And then the second half, and, and well, more importantly, is developing our products or our data analytics system and, uh, you know, making sure that the features we're developing are effectively, uh, you know, translating this data stream into behavior change for people so that it's, it becomes easy and obvious. And, uh, you know, although we're early, we've we have seen people who come into our program who have uh, completely renovated their lifestyles in, in over the course of, you know, just due to the information they've gathered in a single month. Um, you know, one, one thing that, that we heard from uh, from someone who was very simple, uh, this is just a few weeks ago, but, but they just said, thank you for doing this. Uh, this is going to make me healthier in ways that would not have otherwise been possible. Mm. And it's very simple. It's not, there's not a lot of detail there. I don't actually know the whole story. But I trust that person and I trust that they learned something that is that is profoundly valuable to them and that they are going to implement uh, going forward. And that's, uh, you know, we don't always need the full picture. We're just here to help you connect with you again. And uh, and so, you know, oftentimes people like to share a ton more detail. And, uh, you know, there was another great story where, um, you know, going back to (laughs) actually back to that oatmeal example, um, there was a gentleman who uh, he had grown up eating oatmeal. 
And at some point along the way, he had been told that oatmeal is really not good for him and he should uh -huh. stop eating it. Yes. And so he cut it out of his life for a long time. It was one of those like, you know, radical carb, carb free situations where, like don't eat oatmeal. It's really bad for you. And he said using levels, he was able to develop a recipe of oatmeal. It, it involved like mixing in again, uh, some almond butter. And I, he, he had quite a few ingredients that he added, but he ultimately made a really rich meal out of it. And his blood sugar was super stable with it. And he just wrote us a, a nice note and said, hey, like I, I missed oatmeal. It was part of my childhood. And I now have confidence that the way that I'm eating it each day, I have the information that tells me that this is okay for me. And uh, it's really completed my mornings now. I like to work out and I like to have my my own personal recipe of oatmeal. And so, um, you know, the, these sound maybe like trivial examples, but uh, the thing is, is that these decisions stack up over time into an outcome. So, yeah. you know, if you're making yeah. the right decisions for yourself, extend that out times, you know, uh, 365 mornings a year in 30 years, uh, you could you will be in a different place as a result of that oatmeal recipe than you otherwise would be. Man, I love that. And, you're you're uh, letting people eat their childhood friendly foods <laughs> with, without having them go into metabolic chaos. Because I, yeah. I, I think about how many people are in functional medicine. You know, we've had Chris Kresser on the show. We've had mm -hmm. so many experts that talk about blood sugar. But the way you've explained it today, you know, so simplistically and just mm -hmm. having this be a mirror, really a filter of awareness. I think this is part of the future, you know, as people start to really take a deep look within, which I think this virus is allowing us to do that, you know, like what really matters, take a big, yeah. a big emotional inventory of like what really matters. I think we're going to start to change our physical inventory as well. And so it's really, really exciting to me, like what this whole wing of science is producing. How do you think this might combine with other complementary services? In other words, functional medicine mm -hmm. or specific <clears throat> coaching practicums, or how do you see CGM and levels plugging into other ecosystems for people, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can eventually yeah. just be healthy on their own and not always have to wear the device? Yep. So the, the key thing for us, you know, we look at uh, the world of wearables today, you know, your, your Fitbits, your Garmin's, your Apple Watches, they all produce very interesting data, heart rate, heart rate variability, temperature. Um, this stuff can track sleep, it can tra track exercise. So the first thing we're doing is we're pulling in the information you're already logging and we're, we're bringing it into context with CGM data. So you can start to see how the effects of sleep, how the effects of different workout routines are affecting your, your metabolism, your metabolic uh, function. Uh, so that's one way. And then the, the larger question that you, that you asked uh, was around how can you know, additional services be, be, be brought to sort of like work with the node of levels. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're working on a professional product that will allow these practitioners who may have clients they're already working with will allow them to uh, leverage levels. So, um, you know, work with their clients to develop a, a very personalized sort of coached approach to metabolic fitness. So what levels does, you know, we, again, we want to connect you with the data in, an, in a very actionable, insightful way. But it's certainly the case where you may have professional sports teams, professional coaches, or just, you know, you may have a, a functional medicine doctor mm -hmm. who you really uh, have a great connection with and who can leverage the levels platform themselves with all of their clients, uh, you know, and, and sort of layer on additional levels of expertise on top of uh, the, the data analytics platform we're producing. So we're, we're remaining very flexible in that sense. We, we want to, uh, we just want to facilitate metabolic health. And in order to do that, you know, we are not trying to, uh, you know, steamroll anything. We're, we're just trying to bring this data stream into the forefront of, of the, uh, 
of society and just start getting people focused on gathering this data and using it in the way that they see fit. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with leveraging the expertise of people like Chris Kresser and others who are out there already, you know, already spreading the word, yeah. but uh, maybe not, not all, you know, quite uh, being able to leverage it with their clients quite yet. Well, and none of this stuff really matters. Like data per se, isn't going to drive human behavior. Humans drive human behavior. Like if my heart's aligned with something and I'm stoked and I'm emotionally bought in, if you look at anyone at all in personal development, they all say the same thing. It's energy in motion, emotion. You have to attach emotion to a decision or emotion to data for that to actually move somebody forward. You know, nobody's going to move forward mm. from just data alone. So how do you combine those two, you know, as parting guidance, combine the emotion with the data so that somebody's yeah. really moving forward and they're having a better life. Like that's what this is all about. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I think, um, you know, you start to, you start to hit on, on something really interesting, which is that, you know, we have had data, uh, in our, in our understanding of metabolism for a long time, but the problem is it's been population set data. It's like averages. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, all of the information, all of the advice we get is based on the average of a group of people who were studied at some point in the, in the distant future or past, you know, it doesn't have any connection to you. Now, when you put a device on and you eat a meal and you see your body telling you something that instantly has a different response. It's almost like a, you know, that is an emotional experience. It truly is. I remember the first time that I took a measurement with a glucose monitor and it was like, it just felt fascinating to have my body telling me something through this device. And so um, I think that emotional connection is very strong by default with this information. And what, what we want to do is, uh, you know, by pointing, uh, you know, just sort of being the compass, so to speak, and, and helping to, to point towards true north and help people understand uh, these are the things that you can fine tune, getting a few weeks of experience in fine tuning those things and then having them uh, for the first time feel that that sort of enlightened moment of control and confidence. That is an emotional experience. So, um, you know, I think. That, that's what we're focused on is, is getting is connecting those two dots. You know, the first moment of taking a measurement all the way through to feeling like an expert in your own metabolism. Uh, you know, we want to make that happen, that, that it is an emotional process. But primarily for us, it's it's tactical. It's like it's we have to create those actionable moments so people understand uh, what you know, where to put the one foot in front of the other and how to, you know, drive in the direction of, of, uh, better metabolic health. It's, um, it's the most exciting thing I've seen in a while. And, and I love my aura ring and I love all my devices, but for people that are struggling, like if somebody's really, really struggling and they're not sure about how to sharpen their intuition, what I see this device really as man is it's a way to sharpen the sword. It's a way to sharpen mm. our internal sword of who the heck we actually are. And that in itself, you, I can just feel the peace and I can feel the clarity there. That's the big deal about this. The site is Levels Health, correct? Level Health, I'm sorry. That's right. Levelshealth.com. I'll put it right here on the uh, the show screen. I'll also put it in our show notes. So levelshealth.com, you can sign up and get first access when this is actually going public. Right now, you're just doing your diligence, right? You're testing, you're yeah. iterating, you're making sure that you're in that phase of intelligence in the middle where you're actually applying mm -hmm. and you're testing. Um, what are you most excited about? You know, what are you really, really stoked on for the rest of 2020 and, and CGM and, and levels? 
Yeah, I'm, uh, this has been such a passion project for me. And uh, it's been two years now that I've been essentially fully immersed in the world of CGM and just having uh, the first few people completing uh, the earliest stages of our program. You know, there's so much in, on the horizon that we're going to improve, but just having the first few people make it through the beta program and give us that feedback that, hey, this has made a difference in my life. Is is a, It's a real, uh, I, I couldn't be happier to, to be a part of this. And I, I feel very uh, blessed for the opportunity. But um, my excitement is in getting to that point where we have a scalable solution where people can implement this, you know, large numbers of people can implement this in their daily lives. And uh, because ultimately what I want is to actually make a meaningful dent, you know, we at, at Levels want to make a meaningful dent in the metabolic outcomes in this country and, and globally eventually. And that's a very big vision. It's not going to happen in 2020, but uh, we're taking the first major step by getting to that that launch this year and getting people using their own metabolic information in their daily lives, you know, we we see this as a, a watershed moment. And I I think you know we we don't quite know what the future holds yet for CGM, yeah. but I guarantee you that it has a bright one. You know, there we are going to be using this data in our daily lives one way or another. And I and, you know I re, I really feel strongly that it's going to be with levels. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on the show and and sharing really like an, a very deep level of what CGM can do for people. Listen to this podcast again if you're a scientist or if you're an analytical person. Josh dropped a lot of wisdom in here. So recycle your audio tune here. Listen from the beginning to the end. Josh when we look at physical intelligence, you know, to be smart and physically well in our body. How do you define this for yourself? You know, the physical, the emotional, the spiritual in the center of that nexus is wellness, right? Um, how, yeah. how would you define wellness? Like, what do you mean to live your life? Well, what does that mean to you? Wellness? Mm. Uh, that's, it's a great question. I, I think it's, uh, it's, yeah, let me dwell on that for just a second. I, I think, you know, to live your life intentionally, um, making decisions rather than sort of going with the flow is is important. And many times in my life, I found myself sort of just uh, floating along and following the current. And I've had to take 180 degree turns. You know, I've had to turn around and go back in the other direction. And that can be frustrating. And I think it can be, you know, it, it can be a little bit disheartening. But I think that's how you develop intentionality and you develop wellness is you start to be in touch with every little decision you make, how you spend your time, how much time you're spending on your smartphone, how much time you spend in, you know, in even in an exercise, turning to the gym as sort of a release can be positive to a certain extent, but it can ultimately become another crutch. You know, yeah. if you if you can't focus, you know, and, and uh, you know, solve the issues within, whether those are mental or emotional or or, uh, or physical, you know, you aren't living a, a, a wholesome life. And I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm personally, of course, struggling with this every day, you know, trying to find balance in all of these different elements. And, um, you know, I, I would say that ultimately, uh, I, I don't have all the answers, but I do feel that, uh, again, bringing in as much information about ourselves as we can for each of these different vectors and calculating and making a choice and sticking to that choice through to the end is the best thing we can do for our own personal wellness. You know, it's, it's having that, um, yeah, not just having intuition, but having evidence of your own improvement day after day is what makes us feel better. I think as, as humans and, uh, and, and it's how we can, we can help each other, you know, holding each other accountable to that same life of intentionality, you know, calling each other out when we need to be called out, um, is I think also a real key component of that. Yeah. And if we're gathering the evidence that we're supported, that we're loved, that we can do it, 
that we're on the right path, then, you know, odds are nine times out of 10 or even 10 times out of 10, we're going to find that we're there already. We're going to find that we already are supported, mm-hmm. that we already have yeah. all the tools we need. And that, you know, when we start getting more introspection on how we're actually showing up, you know, from a metabolic level or an emotional and a relationship level, that's how we can truly live our life well, man. So Josh Clementi, thanks for coming on the show. Levelshealth.com. Any parting guidance for us? We covered a lot of ground with CGM and really just how this plugs into a comprehensive life of wellness. But um, yeah. anything we missed, man, anything you want to express? Well, you know, there's there's so much to unpack. And I, I strongly encourage anyone who wants to learn more about this space to go to the to levelshealth.com forward slash blog and read some of what we've written there. We have a, a really amazing team and we have a lot of expert contributors who help us break down the science. And, uh, you know, you can follow along with our journey. We're not quite launched yet. We will get there soon. But follow along on Twitter and Instagram at Unlock Levels. And uh, yeah, reach out to me. Uh, I'm at josh at levelshealth.com. If you want to shoot me an email, I'd be happy to exchange some some uh, data, information, whatever I can do, because uh, I really feel strongly about this. And I, I just can't appreciate this opportunity uh, any, any more than I do. So uh, thanks again for having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation, too. You're so welcome, man. You heard it here on Wellness Force. Somebody gave their email address on the podcast. So <laughs> that means he actually wants you to reach out to him. So reach out to him via email and um, reach out to us to wellnessforce.com forward slash group. This is Josh and Josh saying, until we see you again, we're both wishing you love and wellness. We'll talk to you soon, guys. All right. Hey, thanks for listening to the show, my friend. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 300 world-class guests, we pulled together six simple yet powerful morning practices down into a 21-minute system guaranteed to increase your vibration and the way that you feel every day. Get this free powerful guide over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. And if you love this show, share it with somebody. Share it with somebody that you love or that you care about. You can support the show easily by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. Or if you're on your phone, just tap it, hit the link in purple that says review this podcast. And the journey does not stop here. We're continuing this discovering process in our private Facebook group over at wellnessforce.com forward slash group. You can be a part of it. You already are. All you have to do is join us at wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I will welcome you at the door. Now go out into your life and live your life well. And until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness.